0: Welcome to the Georgetown Christian Church Podcast. Join us for worship at 9 and 10 30 a.m. on Sundays. Information about groups, studies, events, and electives is on our website at GeorgetownChristian.org. Good morning, Georgetown Christian. Good morning. Hey, Merry Christmas! I took it off because it's silly. That's why the tie is not on. Yeah. I want to read from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, but I want you to turn to, in your own Bible, Psalm 84. We'll have that on the screen. We're a psalm, eighty-four. we're actually already reading this morning. It's a psalm that is about a, a believer traveling to Jerusalem, to the temple, to worship God. Uh, but I want to center us in the season we're in. So I'm reading from Matthew. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. It seems that for Christians, we can believe in God no problem at all when we're having mountaintop experiences. In fact, the world can also think that life is pretty good when they're having similar mountaintop experiences experiences, for instance, you have put in extra hours, extra effort, and you've gone the extra mile of work, and the boss says, hey, company ACME, Bill has done so much work. Look at what he's accomplished. Top of the mountain. Man, does that feel great when all of our grades are A's except that one class that's so hard, and the final comes, and everybody fails it miserably. But then the teacher grades on a curve and you've got an A in that last class. class. Mountaintop experiences. It's easy for us to think, you know what? God really is with me. God is with us. is easy when we're on the mountaintop. When you guys had Thanksgiving, the whole family was gathered. Or maybe your neighbors were gathered and some of your friends and when Thanksgiving was over, and politics didn't come up, and the cops didn't have to be called for your uncle assaulting the sassy mouth teenager, then you are so grateful to God. Yeah, no cops. A great Thanksgiving in the books. Those mountaintop experiences, as some of you nervously laughed, and, then, and now we know you. <laughs> I want to go to that Thanksgiving. Those mountaintop experiences are so easy for us to think, God is with me. We, uh, we used to do a lot of off-roading in an old Jeep of mine with some friends who had also old Jeeps. And so many of you that have had Jeeps know exactly how it goes. You get stuff where you break down. That's what it looks like to go off-roading in an old Jeep. It also looks like fun when it's not broken in here. Going down trails in the woods and uh, Stephen and his younger brother Jacob and Stephen's wife and Brittany were with me one day. And another friend with a Jeep full of people and We had so much fun off-roading until we got to this one lake, that was sort of down in a valley, off a really big hill, going up to another really big hill. But there was sort of this pond in this valley at the bottom of it, and we followed this trail down to it and thought, "This is going to be awesome. We're going to get across this pond." Now, I did not say we were geniuses. I just said we were having fun. We did not notice that there were. Like Yeah, like zero, but we didn't notice that. So we um, got—I mean, we didn't notice that yet. So we got into the pond with the jeep, that then sat in the pond, and then we're looking around and thinking, oh, no trails, got it. So that was different. So we pulled ourselves out and having a bit of a not-so-mountain-top experience. But hey, we've got a winch, and the jeep may be broke, but you're always fixing a jeep, anyway. So we winched ourselves back up the hill, and life was just not as exciting when we weren't on the mountain top. And as believers, it's maybe more difficult for us to believe. God is with us when we're going through those valley times. It's hard to remember that God is with us when we're in a valley But Christians. It's critical for us to, when we're going through a valley figuratively in life, to act as though God is with us because the light shines in the darkness. And when we're going through that darkness, we have to reflect the light of Christ. Valleys can be when maybe we get laid off. Valleys can be uh, hoping we were going to get a raise, but we didn't get the raise. Valleys can be when you put in all those extra hours, the nights and the weekends and the projects complete, and the boss has just no appreciation. There's not only no recognition, they just laugh, don't appreciate at all all of your effort. It may be that every year you get a Christmas bonus that gets you all the way through Christmas. It covers everything normally buy for Christmas. But this year, it's <laughs> <Too> <laughs> a membership. Too much. Hey, good juice! It's what is it? It's the gift. <laughs> To 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 That's right. In the valley of loneliness, in the valley of darkness, in the valley of pain or grief or loss, or I got a phone call that my family or a friend is not in the same state they were when we'll we left. But they're in terrible position in life. Maybe they lost the job. Maybe their health has taken a turn. Maybe it's you whose health has taken a turn for dramatically worse than anything you've ever been through. Mm -hmm. Musicians sing about the times that humans go through valleys because it's a shared human experience. These may be familiar. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel a focus on the pain, the only thing that's real. Anybody heard that one before? You you might have heard, maybe it sounds different when you sing it. Another group, I wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mama saying us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. Pastor Craig Rochelle says it this way. He says, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him in the valleys much more intimately. So we're going to Psalm 84 today. And I want to read verses 5 and 6 because that will be the focus of the message. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Makkah, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. So let's just start in verse 5. And let's acknowledge that you cannot go to every psalm and pull out one verse and build a whole doctrine on it. Because a psalm is inherently poetry. Or maybe it's just a psalm. Or maybe it's like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and it's wisdom writing. But you know, Jesus quoted a lot of things. You know what he quoted the most was from Psalms. And the New Testament writers quoted a lot of things. And what they quoted from most, it's Psalms. So we know that Psalms is informative. But I want you to know, Georgetown, I'm not going to just take a verse out of Psalms and say let's build a whole practice on this one thing I read in Psalms one time. So we're also going to see through the rest of Scripture where it's supported. When I encourage you to practice something that we just find in the Psalm, we're going to see support for that elsewhere in Scripture you follow along, you can see that today. So when the world is on the mountaintop, let's say the world is people who are not believing and trusting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. When they're on that mountaintop, they have all they're ever going to have. They have the good feelings. They have the good situation. They have the good that comes to us as well as them when they're on a mountaintop. But when they're in a valley, they... They have their feelings. They do not know like you and I know that God is with us. They are not, they are not, hmm, let's go back to verse 5 real quick. They are not blessed, right? They're not blessed because they're not going to find strength in God. They're only going to find hope in a manufactured sense. They're going to have to just pretend that they have peace. But as believers, we find our strength. In the Lord, we know that God is with us when we draw on His strength. So I'm going to look at Psalm 84, verse 5 in the New Living Translation. That may be actually what we have up here. So what you read along for me? No, not loud. Tell me if this is an NLT. This is the NLT on my paper. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So let's go through set their minds real quick. And just because I don't want to just watch us all, make it a practice, let's review what Scripture says about setting our minds. It's my belief that Scripture bears witness that you and I have a choice about what we think. Let's just review some of what Paul said. He wrote a letter to some Colossians, a church in Colossae, and he said To set your mind on things above, not earthly things. He believed that generally speaking, we could could focus more on things above and less on earthly things. Paul believed we could set our minds in an immense group. We meet Wednesday nights for Bible study at 7 o'clock. We're going through 2 Peter. But we were going through Ephesians a while back. And our memory verse was, I'm going to try not to cheat. Finally, sisters and brothers, whatever is pure, whatever is, am I getting this right? Yes. yes. True and then noble, whatever is pure and whatever is admirable and whatever is, I got to look. Sorry, guys, I didn't get it. Whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, then you should do what about those things? You should think about such things. So Scripture shows us that we can control what it is that we think, and the Psalm is saying. That whenever we have strength in the Lord, it's from these people who are, we're going to find out in a second, believers who are setting their minds. They get to choose what is going on in their minds, uh, in our culture, at least for the recent history. It's been very popular to do what's called multitasking. And for me, that means you don't get a lot of things done or even one thing done because I cannot multitask. I am more of a Cal Newport guy. He writes a book called Deep Work, and here's one of the popular quotes from that book. It won't be on the screen, so just you'll have to just focus on. It. You'll have to control what your mind thinks. Here, are what uh, one of the most popular quotes is: To produce at your peak level, you need to work for extended periods with full concentration on a single task, free from distraction. So even our culture is beginning to understand, believe, and agree that we have control about what we set our minds on. Now those who are who are traveling in the psalm, they, they're not fixing their thoughts specifically on the trip or the destination, but the fact that God is worthy of worship permeates this whole psalm, chapter 84. People who fix their minds on the, the kingdom of God, predominantly as Paul says to fix your your mind on things above and on earthly things, when we're doing that, we can remember that God is with us. We can thereby have His strength. It means that when we're on mountaintops, we can know God. We can enjoy God. But when we're in a valley, we can get to know Him so much more intimately. Let's go to verse 6. As they go through the valley of Baha, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. And I mentioned that these are believers we're talking about. If your scripture is open, I'd like you to just examine chapter 84 with me. In chapter 84, I'm just going to go through, as this psalm describes, who it is that is they. So we just want to go through that psalm, and I want to look first in verse 5, the one we just read. They are a people whose strength is in... God, their strength is in God, whose hearts are set on fire. This is verse 2. They long and yearn to be in God's presence. Verse 2. They cry out for the living God. Verse 10. They would rather stand at the threshold of the house of God than to live in the tents of wicked people. To, to not even get to be in it, they would rather stand at the door That to be in the tents of the wicked. They know God as their son and their shield. And they live with integrity in verse 11. They are faithful believers. They're just people like you. They're faithful believers to God. And they are not camping out in a valley. But they are going through a valley. We got to go on a trip out west. It was COVID-ish. Times and we packed up the nicest van we have ever owned in our lives. It was very new to us, although not new. And we drove out west, and one of these trips involved us leaving, I think, Bryce maybe Canyon, driving to the Grand Canyon. and Mommy's very, very new, nice to her <coughs> van. And Andrea has a GPS going, and I have a GPS going on our phones, and eventually we're, um, Fire on the north rim. And so uh, one GPS and another finally agree, and they agree on what's called Fire Road 387. And I'll just say it is not a road for a new van, but probably more for a Jeep. But we're only in a van, it's all we've got, and we're on this Fire Road 387 when we lose cell phone signal. And that is very uncomfortable because we have no recovery here, we're by ourselves, no one to help, and then. And so do you think for one second, I thought to turn to Andrea and say, you know what would be brilliant? Let's just pitch a tent and stay here. How many of you think I would dare to say that? We're on a road, we're going through a bit of a figurative, almost literal valley, and we're we're really not sure where we're going to wind up, but the good news is we get through the road because just like they, we're going, we're not going to pitch a tent and make it our home, but we're traveling through this place. Thanks be to God, the van never got stuck. We got to the place we were going. We turned around and looked behind us, and it said um, that it was the giant national park sign that said great Canyon. And like, we didn't steal. We did not sneak in. Okay, Grace was like in fourth grade, and so there's a pass that gets you in for free. We didn't steal anything, but we got where we needed to go because we didn't stop. We didn't pitch a tent. We didn't think, you know what, this is miserable. Let's stay here and cry about it. But we went through the place that we were going. Remember that as we go through the valleys, God is with us. It's when we're going through the difficulty, it's when we're going through the hardship, that we can develop hope, that our hope becomes visible to a hurting and broken world. It's when we go through a valley that we can fight for a victory that's visible to a broken world. Friends, that's why I said, when we go through valleys as Christians, that the world is taking notes. We get to control not only what we set our minds on, but how we travel through difficulty, how we handle suffering. We get to express not happiness because of a situation on a mountaintop, but joy that's rooted in the nature of the one who is in us and is greater than the one who is in the world. That's a joy that is not able to be understood by a world who's lost and hurting. So, a valley here that we go camping, we go through, a valley for a Hebrew, which would have been who was initially singing or praying these Psalms, a valley would have been a place of danger. Now, it's hard for you and me to imagine, but. Imagine not having your car. And then imagine being in some more arid situations. So you don't have a car. You might have water. You probably have to walk. So if you're walking you have to get from here to there and all there is is a valley, you've got to go through the valley. But the valley is a place of danger because just like in America, at the bottom of a valley is often a creek. So there's water down there, which is great if you're thirsty. But you know who else gets thirsty? This movie one time, and the saying on their travel, on their travel, on their journey was lions, tigers, and what? Yeah. Bears. Well oh, not oh, you guys got it. First service not show. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have TV. I don't know. They did not get it. Lions and tigers and bears. I don't know if there are lions and tigers and bears, but I can tell you that in the bottom of the valley are things that need water that also need food, and maybe you and I might look like food. Things that want to be in a cool cool place in the heat of the day, like, I don't know, vipers they like to be under a rock. Well, they're down in a valley. So a valley is a really dangerous place for people to travel through. Now we're moving on to Baha, and this is a word that sounds like the word for balsam tree in Hebrew. And all you need to know, like I learned from some really smart guy on the internet, is that the Baha is, is, a, is a kind of tree that is weeping. So one commentator said, this could figuratively be a valley of sadness, a valley of tears, because this word sounds like tears in Hebrew. I have no idea what the Hebrew word is, but I bet you it sounds like basha or something like that. So it means that there's this tree that's balsam. Did anybody ever build a balsam wood glider in school? Okay, so we have some. That's the first thing I thought of. But in Hebrew, the first thing they would have thought of is weeping. And it's because, how many of you guys saw Jurassic Park, the original, and where did they get all the DNA? It was from a little mosquito that was trapped in what? And that resin, so it's that junk that's, that's kind of weeping down the side of a tree, and I guess catching mosquitoes and you make dinosaurs out of it. And so it's that junk that gives those trees that name. And I found out it's called resin, thank you for certain smart people, that was great. So they're going through a dangerous valley of sadness, of tears, of weeping, we have a job as a believer when we're going through that valley. And it's not just to say, I know God is with us. I know he's going to get me through. It's not just to do that, but it's to, as the King James says, and we won't have this on the screen, but here we have, they make it a place of spring. See, they're making, they're doing something. This traveler has an obligation, a responsibility. They have a job. King James says that they make it a well. To make a well, you've got to be digging. And this is where I want you to see that we're not going to make a practice out of poetry, but I think that you can see that this digging a well means that we're praying to God, that we're, we're praising God when we're in the midst of a valley, when it's dry and it's dangerous and we don't want to be anymore that we're gonna dig a well of prayer and of praise to a God who we acknowledge is with us. So let's see if that's real or if I'm just making things up in one second. What do you think happens after we've dug a well? I'm gonna pop quiz for you guys, alright? Everybody ready for pop quiz? No one's me. Is everybody ready for a pop quiz? Okay, I think you guys have the answer here does appear to be in this line, but uh, it's not written here. So who is it that is going to, after we make? made God says, I will show you my faithfulness. Now, I said that we're not just going to take uh, some poetry and make it a practice. So, if you will just rewind, maybe fast forward to okay. the Psalms. So, on your timeline, you're fast forward to when the Holy Spirit has come and he's active, wildly active in the church, and he is birthing this whole body that we call church. We see these two guys named Paul and Cyrus. And I want you to examine what they do. So here's their valley. Here's the situation in which they find themselves. They're on a missionary journey. They've shared the good news. This demon-possessed woman is following them around, actually proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ, just like Paul and Silas were doing. But Paul gets sick of it and he says, I command in the name of Jesus, come out of that woman. The demon is gone, the woman is healed. You would think good news. But those who are profiting from this demon-possessed woman, they were not happy. Because their gimmick is gone. Their prophets. Literally evaporated. So they're very angry. They drag Paul and Silas into the marketplace. They stir up a crowd, telling lies, just like they did to Jesus. And these guys wind up Paul and Silas. They wind up getting beaten. They wind up getting thrown into prison without a trial, which is not okay in Rome if you're a Roman. And they were Romans. They get thrown into jail. And what is it, if you remember your Bible, what is it that Paul and Silas, I've got hymns for you. These are musical notes. What is it that in prison at midnight that Paul and Silas are doing? Singing. Yes, Georgetown. They are singing. And the scripture says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And this is why it matters what we do when we go through a valley. And the other prisoners were listening to them in the darkest place, in a place without hope. In a conviction that was very wrongful, Paul and Silas chose to dig a well of prayer and of praise. It is only going to look like God is with you when you travel through a valley if you choose to dig a well. If you choose not to dig a well, it's going to look like you're just like the world and you have no hope that is outside of you, but you're just you look like you're bootstrapping, like you're grinding, like you're going to make it because you're awesome. But the truth will be shown. When you dig a well of prayer and praise, then we get to know God on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him intimately in the valley. We find hope when God is our strength. When God is with us, we find hope in the hard places. Wherever you find yourself this holiday season, maybe for you it's a mountaintop. It's a mountaintop experience the whole holiday. You have to remember God is with you. But the community is not going to be looking at you taking notes. But if you're walking through a valley... In some place in your life, and you're remembering God is with us, and you acknowledge that He is my strength. And then by digging this well of prayer and praise, I just, I ask you, Georgetown, where did Jesus go before He went to the cross, and what did He do? He went to the garden of Gethsemane, and what did He do? He prayed, Georgetown. He prayed. He dug a well, and He said, God, Philip, God said, you're still going Maybe you're going through a valley that's just like that. You know there's no other way but through. And you've got to go through the valley. So maybe you're living through loss. You're living through grief. You're living through darkness and hopelessness and pain. And a family that's just utterly broken because of what's happened. Friends, are you going to be willing to dig a well?
1: Are you going to be willing to
0: keep going? Are you going to be willing to live the for a little too. And I'm like, thanks be to God. This is great. And as I look up, wait, why am I looking up? Oh, I'm flying. It's because the Jeep is airborne and so am I. And so I think, I better break my fall with my arm. And I did break my fall in my arm. And when I uh, sat up and said, I don't break bones, um, my arm was in a very unconventional position because I broke both bones in my arm. And I first thought, I want to assure you, I was not dying. I was not dying. But I thought I was dying. So if you think you're dying, it still feels like you're dying for a second. And I thought I was dying. And I put a tourniquet on my arm. And we thought for sure, we're just going to get an ambulance. But we weren't going to get an ambulance because there was no substance. So I again thought I was dying. And as I'm thinking, I'm going to die. Man, it was a great day Mountaintop. But here I am in the valley. And I'm praying, God, would you take it? And, Georgetown, I bet you think, Josh, a pastor, you know what I bet happened? I bet he saw an angel. No angels. Well, he's very holy. Some of you may be confusing with that. And you may think, you know, I bet he heard from God. No audible voice. No audible voice. There was no angel. I did not even feel a strange warming of my heart. But, brothers and sisters, do you know what I did not? I had a peace that passed understanding. I knew that to live is Christ and to die is gain. And friends, I have peace that you will have when you're walking through the valley and you remember that God is with us. It's a peace that the world's looking for. And it's a peace that you can share when you live as though God is with us. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, we're so grateful to be your body, to be your family. Father, we're so grateful for the word that you've given us. We're aware that even this morning, your Holy Spirit's at work guiding us into truth. He's right now convicting us of places in our lives that need to change. You're pointing out the places that are dark in our lives, and you want to redeem them. You want to shine a light, and you want to bring about new light. If we're willing to live as though you're truly with us. Father, it's our prayer this morning that you would be making us into new people who reflect the image of your Son. For your glory and for our life. We pray this in Jesus' name.